The Gallant View Rangers podcast is brought to you by Triple H Mortgages, the one-stop shop for all your mortgage and mortgage insurance needs. Contact them today on 01453 887 179 or hello at hhhmortgages.com. You can also find them online at hhhmortgages.com or on their Facebook page. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Tenny Bears on the Gallant Feud podcast, the show where we bring on a different guest each week to answer the 10 set questions in their time following Rangers. My name's Colin McDuff and I'll be your host as always. I'm delighted to introduce today's guest, one of the very few remaining two gentlemen in this world, a knight of the north of Glasgow and probably the most middle class man I know, Graham Campbell, welcome to the show. Thanks for having me. Yeah. So thanks for coming on, Graham. Um, thanks for taking the time to look through these questions. Just before we get into it, uh, tell us a bit about your yourself and how you came about following Rangers mainly. So yeah, I guess for me mainly it came from my brother, I'd have to say. Um really getting into Rangers early doors, but not really starting to attend games until I was kind of early teens um, and got my season ticket when I was, I want to say 16 or 17, it was the 2003-2004 season. Um, some might remember we were playing CSK Moscow in the Champions League qualifier under McLeish. It was the season after we had beat them fell on Ibrox in uh, that famous last day of the season. Um, so I'm 32 now and I've been a season ticket holder ever since uh, would follow Rangers over Europe and to as many away games as possible I guess that's maybe filling the wayside a bit more as I've as I've, I've got older but I'll always still try and go away as much as I can love the Rangers and it's always good to be able to come on and talk about them and it's a good excuse for a holiday as well it's funny yeah. you, funny you mention about your first season at Ibrox being or your first season ticket being in the 03-04 season, that was mine as well. And what I come down that was seeing your team win the treble in that fashion. Players like Michael Mould, Ronald DeBoer, Arthur Newman, a young Barry Ferguson, Lorenzo Amoruso. Then when you turn up to Ibrox the following season, you've got Nuno Kupicho, Ego Lossenstad, fucking Zura Kishnik, really. That was a hard one. The, the thing is, for me, the actual season before, and um the game against Unfermline, I could have been there that day for whatever reason. Just before that game, I thought, right, I'll go and have a few go- uh, golf balls at the range. I'll come back and watch the game. Missed the call. Could have been at the game. Um, so that's one of those. That's one of those things. But got my season ticket the next season. I've got to say, I did love that era. Alex McLeish. I mean, look, of course, we'll talk about guys like Walter Smith. I think he's everyone's favourite manager. But Alex McLeish is very much. The soft spot for me, I absolutely adore the guy, love him, thought the job he did with the constraints he had was amazing, um, I, I loved that and I think that's probably why I've got a soft spot as well because it was my first season he was in charge and, but yeah, totally I know what you're saying, I know, I know where you're coming from with that. Yeah, so without further ado, let's fire into this Graham, um, we'll start in a, in a high note, so as always, these questions are absolutely open to the guest interpretation. Uh, however, they want to perceive it and answer it. It's, it's your own memories and experiences following Rangers. So, yeah. first of all, what's your favourite Rangers goal? So, yeah, obviously, it's a, it's a difficult one. Don't get me wrong, there's a million goals that pop into your head. Uh, and that's whether, you've, whether you're somebody that goes to the games or doesn't go to the games, whether you're, you're sitting watching it for the company of your own home, it doesn't matter, there's always something that stands out. For me, I had to whittle it down to 2008, Stephen Whitaker away to Sport in Lisbon, making it 2-0 to put us into the semi-finals. Um, I was at the game, and I mean, everything about that, that season was amazing, but I guess not only the absolute jubilance that I felt at that moment, that that goal went in, and the actual goal itself, 
was probably one of the better goals we've scored in Europe, certainly that I can remember in my time. It was just an amazing, amazing match and it was a great goal and the feeling was just unbelievable. I can't describe it. Um, it was great. The the one thing I take away from that match as well is after the match, I remember McCoyst was on the, the touchline getting interviewed for whoever it was, ITV at the time. And all the Rangers fans in the crowd behind singing You Fat Bastard, You Fat Bastard. And McCoy's <laughs> kind of kind of sticking the Vicky up while he's doing this live interview to the fans. It was brilliant, honestly. But yeah, that, that goal. I mean, honestly, it was really hard. But I think European trips are really special, as you'll know. And that's just one one goal that always stand out to him. Always. It was amazing. It was a terrific goal, but probably the most nerve-wracking build-up to a goal I've ever watched. I watched it on TV and... I don't know, It's he gets past the first player, pass, he runs a bit more, pass, and then by the end you're screaming, square it, and yeah. he keeps going. And It's funny, like, as you say, it's like, half the guys in the crowd are like, swear on that, but half the way like, for fuck's sake, what, what are you doing? Square the ball, screw it, go, go on, go on, go on, ah, go on. It was, ah, it was, it was brilliant, it really was. And... I don't know if you heard that when you first said uh, your answer, but that was the sound of keyboards crashing all across follow follow when you gave a bit of praise to Stephen Whitaker. He's no, it's, it's not something I enjoy doing. I'll be perfectly honest. Um, Stephen Whitaker and Stephen Naismith are barely like talking about these days. However, that is one goal that no matter what happens, it's something I can't eradicate. It, it was it was an amazing feeling and it was an amazing trip that was an amazing trip if you were down the dock as it was been that night after that game I salute you you know what I'm talking about what a great night so next one mate where's the where's the strangest place you've watched a game so I think I think when you gave me the questions one of the things I asked was this in general was it Rangers so I, I, I've got a kind of answer for both but I'll focus on Rangers for me, it was Gibraltar. Um, 2019 was at St. Joseph's we were playing. God, it was... To get, I mean, to get into Gibraltar alone, to get into the main city, you need to walk across the airport runway. Anyway, I mean, it's a class place to go, but it's a really strange one. Like, it's just a strange walking across the border, um, walking across the runway of the airport. I didn't fly into Gibraltar, mind you, Um and then the, the actual ground itself is literally next to the runway as well. It's just a really strange setup, and obviously Gibraltar itself, I guess, every team in the league playing the same ground. So whether you go and see Lincoln Red St Joseph's, whoever, it's all on that one ground. So no matter what European trip you get to Gibraltar, um, you're going to that place. I mean, it was a, honestly it was a brilliant place, different place to go, um, really cool place. I would I would go back. But I don't know why you would go back maybe football, but um, it was it was that that was a strange place I guess to watch watch the Rangers. I don't know that every team uses the same ground. That's bizarre. Uh, I mean, for you know, no, in the league, in the league, I'm sure they, I'm sure they all, I'm almost certainly all playing that. Maybe it's something you want to fact check. I'm ninety five percent sure that's where every single league game's played as well through the whole season in Gibraltar. And then they all use that ground, obviously, for European game. Christ. So you need to tell us, you had an answer for non-Rangers related, so I need to hear this one. It wasn't, I guess it's not strange for anything other than, um, I was in a stag in Berlin, and it was a pre-season game, and we went to Union Berlin, and it was against Celta Vivo. We went in with like German, German clubs. Germany's amazing, if you've never been go. The way they do football, everything brilliant, amazing. So I was quite excited. I've been to quite a few German grounds in the past. And I went in and obviously pre-season, the game was horrific. It was about 10, 15 minutes in. I started clocking the half and half scars, Union Berlin and Celtic. And I was like, oh, what is this? What is going on here? That would take 10 minutes. I start looking up. They have some whatever connection. So... Me being the old petty guy that I am, eh, I got out of there at half time. <laughs> 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 and went back into Berlin to booze. And petty or not, I was just like, nah, the game's shite as well, so I'm moving on. Christ, if you, for whatever reason, if you did lose any staunch points for your first answer, you fucking regained the <laughs> 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 Oh, 
Yeah. Okay. So you're obviously a well-travelled Rangers fan. Uh, you've been about. This must be a solid answer for you. Just knowing, well, like we, Graham and I work together. Just some of the stories you tell me and like and work and passing about following Rangers. Honestly, I'm like a wee boy listening to his granddad. It's fucking tremendous. But if you can pinpoint, what is your favourite away day with Rangers? Kelly, 2000, like Kelly, Kelly away, winning the league in seven minutes, absolutely no bother, at the best, the best day I've ever had, I think, ever, that was out of this world, good, started off early with the boys, um, drinking, went through with the uh, supporters bus, and I was, I, I genuinely had one of those last day of the season things anyway, I mean, you're shitting yourself regardless, but I really had bad feelings. I did. I just had that pit of the stomach, this is not going to be a good day for us. It was just one of those. So getting in the ground and seeing it, in one of the videos after the goals, you see the guy in the, the suit and the Walter Smith mask. <laughs> and then I seen him in the game pissing myself. I thought it was hilarious. Um, but seven, like beyond your wildest dreams, three and a half after seven minutes in the last day of the season like it was it was unbelievable I cannot I just I get goosebumps talking about it absolutely no bother talking about that is the best away day I've ever had see I know exactly what you mean about the feeling <clears throat> of your stomach I had that that day as well and so many people that were there that day they had that feeling I was sitting in the Kelly end and I actually I didn't see the first goal his first goal because I remember standing up and the goal was to my left hand side and I'm in the middle of my two mates and the kill end and I've turned to my mate in the right I've got listen I've got a fucking bad feeling and his face just lit up with joy I'm going listen man by the time I turned around laughing he was running away celebrating <laughs> what happened what no way <laughs> did you get a ticket for the Rangers end or the kill end that day no I was in the Rangers end I was in the Rangers end, but let's face it, every end was the Rangers end that day. It was, <laughs> it was outrageous. Like, that's another thing. I don't think I'll ever see anything like that. Um, whatever was going on at Kelly that time as well. Kelly, Kelly aren't the best for selling out Rugby Park. Um, best of times. So I think that probably helped. But, I mean, it was three stands full pretty much, if I remember correctly. Pretty much, yeah. Um... <laughs> Both stands full almost like it was incredible. Like I don't think we'll see that again. And a lot of clubs have since probably stopped that. Maybe in the last ten years or so, like really held back on allocations. I guess like in terms of what we now get at Tynecastle and Easter Road, especially. I think I think we won't really see that sort of thing again. No, but then they'll complain about does they don't get enough money. But hell, mend them. Fuck them. I know. Hey, I know. <laughs> Scottish football in a nutshell, isn't it? But no, what what a day that was, and something so special about that Walter Smith's last day as well. And okay. I, I know what you mean. As like almost get a lump in my throat just thinking about that day. All in all, and I think it was good, even like heading back to Ibrox after it and stuff, and the memories from that as well. Going back and like guys like uh, Vice on the pitch and he's suit and tie uh, mimicking goals and taking the piss out of Scott Brown all those things like the whole day everything about that day was just absolutely magic it was, it was brilliant it really was and see if, see if you knew see if, see if you were to turn around and say by the way this is it for a decade I mean you'd never have believed it anyway but so, that, probably makes, that probably makes it all the all the better as well uh, not to be controversial but is that day is that day more special now after what's happened? Is it more no. special in No, I wouldn't have thought so. That even if we'd went on to win nine in a row ourselves or something like that, that day is still that is not gonna happen again. I mean okay, it could always happen it's us in Scottish football, but seven minutes, three now, the last day of the season, Celtic could have won it. Like that that scenario, everything, all that, I just don't see any of that ever happens again. It was just electric. It really was. And I always remember the kit as well. And that's, I, I generally, I know we did wear that kit more that season, but I can't think of another single game where that, anytime I think about the back, <coughs> I can't think of another game other than Kilmarnock away. That's, 
I mean, essentially, that's why we have third kits, right? Really, it's just Kelly. Unless somebody else gets promoted, maybe Dundee are kicking about. I don't know what the deal. But Kelly's essentially the only place we need to win our our third kits. (laughs) But um, yeah, totally. That that kit. I mean, it was actually quite a nice kit. Really, it's a bit synonymous now with that kit. That's for sure. Really is. Right. So next one, mate. What's the funniest thing you've seen at a Rangers game? So, I mean, I, I guess it's not funny as in I was splitting myself laughing in terms of that, but a different funny was uh, 2006, it was Ted McMinn's testimonial, it was down in Derby. Um, anyone that was there, I mean, it was pretty, it was a carnage trip, I, I would have thought that. I mean, I was 18, um, went with a bus I'd not been with before, with a couple of boys, <laughs> and it was, I think, it was just nuts. The whole day was mental. Do you know what I mean? You're leaving at whatever time in the morning. Um, I think the only one that was better by that and leaving early was going down to Bristol City. If you were down there for the pre-season a few years back as well, I think you're leaving at midnight or something. Do you know? Those trips <laughs> are always carnage. They're not going to be anything but carnage. Um, but yeah, Derby Ted McMinn's testimony. That was a oh, what a day that was. Brilliant, good laugh, but. Um, I think you'll find pictures of it, no problem. But the linesman running up and down the um, running up and down the line with the, a big union flag instead of his um, <laughs> instead of his linesman's flag, you'll be able to find it, no problem at all. But I just remember thinking this was brilliant. Like I did, that was a good laugh. Um, it's always good when you've got officials like that taking taking the mic as well. And as I say, I'll, I doubt I'll see a, a linesman running up and down, <laughs> running up and down a line anytime soon with a, a, a union flag at a Rangers game. You just know that added fuel to the fire for uh, the Tim's Mason ref campaign, <laughs> didn't it? <laughs> well, um, but that's um, I remember. I remember people. To, I was. I was at that point. Um, but I remember. I, I remember people talk about it at the time and people since talk about that but it seems to be a thing what, what's it like travelling to a, a pre-season game like in in the UK because all the stories are so warm and welcome and obviously I'm biased but I always find Rangers are pretty uh, other, other teams fans are pretty receptive to Rangers down south and I don't know it always seems to be summed up by you know how Light-hearted and good-natured, the pre-season tips are. Absolutely, um, I guess that's probably all summed up. I never made it. I would have loved to, but those Sheffield Wednesday trips looked like they were absolutely amazing. Um, going to Hillsborough as well—that would have been an iconic stadium. But uh, the videos you saw from that game um, were incredible. I think you're totally right. We do tend to get a relatively warm welcome in head down south anyway. Obviously, I guess Rangers stance and the fact we carry Union flags and sing God Save the Queen, I'm sure that helps a lot. But I always think it's overlooked how, just how good our fans are. Like, we really are top-notch and, and it's so disappointing when everyone always goes back to Manchester, this Manchester, that. And it's not fair because we were all there. We all know it was absolutely... In that run-up to Manchester, there was not one arrest the whole the whole wave. I mean, again, somebody can correct me, but the whole European journey, everything, and I was on a lot of those away trips as well that season. Our fans are so impeccably behaved. Of course, you get some uh, some silly scuffles, but our fans are class. They're so class. And you see that whole... When you go away a lot, obviously, that's something that I really miss. Something since... 2012 where the European trip subsided a bit well completely obviously until the last couple of seasons that there was that whole camaraderie of see all these European trips you, you go on and you get to know all these guys as well it's oh, it's, it's amazing we're, we're such a class fan base especially in our way days and uh, yeah I totally think there's no surprise we get that one welcome at the end of the day we go to pubs we take them over um, we help out businesses a bit of times I've been away with Rangers in pubs and massive buckets are getting passed around for tips or for the bar stuff. like all that it all helps and we, we are such a, a amazing travelling fans 
No, I completely agree with you, and it's it's just that where we are in Scotland, it's a done thing. It's an easy thing to fucking have a go at knuckle dragon Rangers fans as they'll paint it, but it's completely not the case at all. It's no, and obviously you and I are biased. Everybody listening, to this is biased, but if we're being completely objective, out with maybe I don't know, man, you like you'll struggle to find a team in Britain that matches the power of our fans and how we back our club, whether it be domestically or in, in Europe? What, what I'll say is I have no proof of this. I've got nothing at all. I've never looked into it. I would love somebody to look into it. I am absolutely convinced that there is not a better travelling support in, in numbers than Rangers. I, I just don't see how. I don't People are always talking about uh, Leeds Man U maybe. I get it, but See, in terms of sheer travel numbers, I just don't see how any other any other club. I mean, remember they take what to Barcelona, in uh, 07 to, to 25,000 or something like that. That's outrageous. Like that is outrageous. I don't care. I'm not seeing a manual elites taking that. Um, and again, people complain about the letter, whatever. Right? Okay, it's going to happen. Yeah, it's unfortunate. People let oh God. But taking 25,000 fans across to Spain and you're meeting all these guys and all these people you recognise from past trips and hearing all these stories, it's so, it's so good. So good. Just sitting down and talking to well-travelled Rangers fans. Guys that guys that haven't missed games in 30 years and all this. Some of the, some of the stories, oh, it's incredible. Yeah, well, man. I, I better ring you in my passport, man, after talking to you. <laughs> <laughs> I think we're all, I think we're all at some trying to think Gibraltar. I've I've not I've not got away. Obviously that season was a write off, but for me personally, Gibraltar was the last one for me. Um, I didn't make any of the. Wait, when was when was Vienna? I, I got Vienna was after Gibraltar. And was it? <laughs> there we go. Story, so about um, was it a year after Vienna? Graham and I started working together, and we had that that thing that you have. It's I know you for somewhere. I absolutely know you. And we're like, okay, we're both Rangers fans. It must be for the Loudoun or going to Ibrox. I sat in the cop when you sat in the main stand. So it wasn't that. Turns out on the bus from the city centre to Vienna, Graham was the seat behind me. I mean, <laughs> bizarre. The day trips are always, the day trips are always just nuts as well. Anyway, I think one of the best day trip, I think one of them anyway was, we were already we were already out of the Champions League, but we went over to to Seville. Um, I think they won one 0 but that was a day trip, and it was December, early December, and it was like minus two when we left Glasgow, like five in the morning. You get off in Seville at nine in the morning; it's like twenty two degrees. Like that was that was blessing, man. That was so good. What bad day that was, brilliant. Fantastic. So, next one, mate. Who's can you think of a player who you didn't rate at all, but everybody else loved, and you just couldn't see it? No, this one was really difficult, I'll be honest, because I'm probably sickeningly, blindingly loyal in a way. Like, <laughs> I'm not saying I'm a cut above everyone else, but I will always, always push to give somebody like the benefit. I always like see when somebody's getting slaughtered in the pitch, and I'm like, right, calm down, calm down. Um, but really racking my brain and I'm not even sure I'm not even sure how loved he was he's probably one of those players for me Thomas Buffell right he's one of those players that I think a lot of people loved having him in the team I think a lot of people saw stuff in him I think actually over the last couple of years I've heard people talking about oh he's like Buffell he was like Buffell I didn't totally see it and I don't know I don't know if it was the position he was getting played in I don't know but I didn't totally see it whenever he played. I didn't totally get it. Maybe I would have appreciated it more if he played now. I don't know. Maybe it was my age. Maybe it was my experience of watching Rangers. But I think if I had to really pinpoint it, it would have been a, like a Thomas Buffell. And that's not him. God, Thomas Buffell, still love the guy. You know what I mean? <laughs> but yeah, that would have been that. Probably him. Probably him. Thomas Buffell was an interesting one. So I'm very much a... Of the opinion of players do get better with hindsight, regardless. Okay, I'm I mean, even hearing people nowadays saying Ian Black wasn't that bad, and I've I've nearly I've nearly got to jail for my reaction to that. Like, um, 
the Thomas Buffell, I he is getting better with things. Like, you know, I'm one of these guys. I I really like Buffell at the time under McLeish, and I thought under like when he's going to absolutely dominate. And I always think oh, if he got a chance under Smith, and every year goes past, I thought he was really good. He was really good. Now at the point in my head, I'm kind of like he was like Zidane, but I know he wasn't. It is way that benefit of hindsight. Do you think? Do you think you're maybe basing Thomas Buffell on the Walter Smith Walter Smith era? Because he wasn't a Walter Smith player, but that's when we had our success. He was never going to thrive under Smith. Um, no, I don't know. I don't know. Honestly, I think I'm based on the one person I can actually think of that maybe at the time whenever he played, I just... I just <clears throat> He's not offering much, he's not doing much, but again, that could be more about how I watched the game back then and maybe I overlooked or naive to exactly what he did. There was a lot of guys who, I'm not saying he wasn't a good player either, by the way, like he was a really well technically gifted player. I'm just saying I didn't get it. I, I just didn't see what, what he was offering. Obviously, they, they, he set up the goal, no goal scores against Hibs in the helicopter Sunday. Um, however, apart from, apart from that, he's not somebody that I feel lit up the the Rangers team or lit up for his all. I always thought there was more in him, but we just never saw it. Right. Uh, no, that, that's a fair way to put it. I think that is a fair assessment of him. So, on the so in the kind of other end of the scale, Graham, this is your chance to present the Sasa Papach Award. So, can you name your Rangers unsung hero? He can't be himself. I think, um, again, it's so hard because you're like, is this an unsung hero? Is he unsung? I don't know. Now, I was a, I was a goalie when I was younger, so I'm always quite... Um, Good with your hands. <laughs> uh, I definitely think I'm biased towards goalies like as I, and I talked about blind loyalty when I was like Wes Fordham I was like he's a good goalie Jack Annie really good goalie good back blah 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 um, unsung hero though obviously over the years I, I just don't think that uh, Neil Alexander gets enough enough praise enough shouted at totally about, totally um, the guy was at a club for five years Um he played in cup finals for us, not to mention uh, the the UEFA Cup. Um, he stayed. He stayed post twenty twelve. Um, he was down there, and, and it's always an easy way out when people people say the same about Wallace. I hate it. I'm only money and all that. I mean, could he have got more anywhere else? I'm like, that is not fair. I hate that. I really hate that argument. The guy stayed. Yeah, I get. It. He was in the twilight of his career anyway, but. He was such a solid figure for us for five years, stepping in. Solid number twos you're going to get that going up to the plate. In goals for his in Fiorentina. In goals for his in the AFA Cup final um, as well. And he just one of those guys. I think he, he was a really positive influence in the dressing room as well. I think, I think five years is a long time anyway to spend at any club. And I just don't think he gets spoken about enough. And I get probably because he didn't notch up loads of appearances or whatever, but he was a really solid, dependable character. Um, and I really like him. Like he's one of those he's one of those soft spot kind of guys for me. Like I'll always always be like, yeah, Neil Alexander, what a guy. No, Neil Alexander's suffering from the same thing that John McLaughlin has this season, that he is a he is a top goalie. Both of them are top goalies, but they're just not Alan McGregor. They're just not the elite goalies that Rangers are used to. And, you know, see the performances and the way Alexander carried himself and the impact he had. If he had it in any other club, he would be a legend, but it's because Alan McGregor was just that cut above. And I do I do totally agree with you. Um, I think when we think about the Walter Smith goalie, the second spell, it's always Alan McGregor, but we do forget that Alexander played uh, and uh, he won. Like, he played his part in winning leagues. He played his part in getting the US Cup. Absolutely. There's certain, there's certain tops, for example, right? See, when you see, when you see these things online, or here's a football top, who's the first player you think of, right? And goalie tops are one of those and You've got that one with the 
our old school goalie thoughts, for example, the grey one, um, the Gorum will you automatically get Gorum. See if you don't see that red and white goalie top of the AFA Cup final run and in that whole season, and you're not automatically drawn to Neil Alexander. There's something wrong there. Um, he's definitely somebody that that's for me just unsung in the sense of he doesn't get enough credit. He doesn't get spoken about in enough respect terms. You don't need to make an all-time great eleven to be spoken about in good terms. He was such a good servant to the club. Um, so yeah, he's definitely probably my unsung hero for that reason. Yeah, and it's really, really disappointing how he left left the club as well. I think um, I was gutted that it was they didn't want to offer him another contract and they brought in Charlie Bell. Um, I had I had in my head, and we spoke about this a few weeks ago on the Where Are They Now Third Division uh, show, where we were going through the players of the Third Division. I had in my head that Alexander would be the, the keeper until we got to the Premiership, uh, back to the Premiership, and that, I just had this, I was young and naive, I was like 19 at the time, Graham, but had in my head that Alexander would be the main goalie, but there'd be a young goalie coming through, and he'd be he'd be able to learn off Alexander and get game time here and there, and as we go nearer to the Premiership, this young goalie would come through, or whatever, but... <laughs> Fuck, what do I know? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, I mean, he could have been... I mean, even after he left us, I can't remember exactly who went to. I know he was at Hearts for a period of time. He he, he easily could have done the journey, so to speak. Absolutely could have done the journey. And that's... And what you mentioned at the end, they're going to Hearts, but after spending a year in the third division, he struggled to get elsewhere. And that's where... I don't like the argument with Wallace or Alexander. Even McCarthy's a wee bit different. He was towards the end of his career. Wallace and Alexander could have got the same money in the English Championship. England, English League won and had a better career. Alexander and Wallace both could have been playing for Scotland in England, English League won at the time because they say the Scotland squad and getting the same money. But the choice is there with Rangers. I think that has to be commended. I mean, anyone who disagrees with the Wallace factor. I get he's down there with Warburton. Warburton has a has a soft spot for him. Um, Wallace, by the way, if, if you're not uh, keeping tabs on him, his performances the last few games have been magnificent for QPR as well. Um, he's one that will forever love, but that's another story for another time. But um, the fact he got into the championship in the last couple of years is testament to the fact he would have walked into any championship team and potentially tried to get promotion to the Premier League with them in 2012. Absolutely no danger. He chucked everything for our cause. And anyone that wants to go with the money argument can. I'll completely disagree. Um, that that guy's... Uh, can't say enough about Lee Wallace either. No. But again, I think um, Lee Wallace has to be recognised as that. This is just my own opinion. Um, this shows about you, but... He has to be recognised as a, as a two Rangers captain, but that's a completely different show. Yes. So, Graham, I'm going to drop the tone a wee bit here, mate. And again, this is a nice, vague one. Home to your interpretation. What's your biggest Rangers regret? So, this was actually an easy one for me. Um, and it was the start of the uh, 7 season. I never joined the travel club. I don't know why I didn't join the travel club. I didn't. Um, that season, I went on European trips on the way to Manchester, Barcelona, Bremen, Sporting Lisbon, all amazing, amazing journeys, amazing trips. Not joining the travel club meant, obviously, if you're in the travel club, you got a ticket for the game. Um, the final, automatically, no danger. I tried everything that season, did not get a game. And it's one of those absolute regrets, purely because, yeah, I missed that game. And I remember, like, I, I, I remember just trying to sneak in the stadium. I don't <laughs> right? I, I tried to go in, I remember walking away, and I, I remember a, another fan's like, you doing your fucking idiot or something. I was just like, fuck you. <laughs> like, the, the, pain of, the pain of me having attended the majority of the games, the European games that season, to then not get to the big one was so unbelievably painful, purely because I didn't join the travel club. 
and then to make it even worse after I didn't get in <laughs> um, I walked back to the square where the, the, the screen stopped working and that's where the trouble erupted uh, because the screen every, everything that whole day was immaculately bathed then the screen stops working and obviously obviously people are going to get irate you're ready to watch your team and the, your, the final European Cup is have probably more likely a once in a generation thing screen, screen stops gets tasty so I also missed the first half of that final so I never saw the full first half of the AFA Cup final either um, obviously I never will I'm not watching it back um, so yeah many regrets around that that whole uh, the, 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 that whole journey was amazing so many unbelievable highs for me uh, Manchester quarter onwards a massive low uh, I almost feel guilty, man. Um, I was 15 at the time and obviously didn't go to any away games at all. I got a ticket for the final. <laughs> I look, feel guilty. Look, it's the way, it's the way it goes, it's my own fault. Um, it is what it is, but I, I, no, there was no doubt for me that's my biggest regret. Um, even we lost or not, it doesn't matter. Um, I would have been there. But I wasn't, and that that was that. I think it was just the more I never even got to see the first half, and it, just everything around it, it just ended just really, really shadily. Right. Uh, so I still ended up otherwise tremendous day. It really was terrific. Oh, it was. Oh, it was amazing. Really good. So picking it back up, what's your favourite Rangers song, Kate? Graham. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't want to be. Stack in the mud, same old, same old, Grinton, but Fall of All, Fall of All has got to be, it just, it's so, it's so easy, it's so simple, but it just gets me cheated up every single time. It's one of those songs where it comes on the tarot's eyebrow, when you're in the way ground, uh, in the way end at someone's ground or something, just fall off, or even, God, when you, who can't watch that video of Dado Purcell singing Fall of All and not oh, just get absolute goosebumps? Um, I think it was a hard one because, again, this is a biased, as we've said. Me, um, as a football fan, I don't see how any other club in the world has a better back catalogue of just football songs and, and classical rangers. I don't see how. We've got such an amazing, extensive back catalogue of just old school football songs and they're so good. And I love how some just come to the forefront. They they, they probably go out and they come to the forefront like Blue Sea of Ibrooks. I, I don't know what day exactly. It wasn't like when I when I started going to Ibrooks in 2003, it's not like Blue Sea of Ibrooks was always on or something. But it's a song that's been synonymous or whatever. But these ones don't come into fruition or they come, they maybe go in and out. Um, that's a belter. That was up there for me, Blue Sea of Ibrooks as well. See that, see when you're getting to that, that, that bit. Everyone knows it bit. Then your, your chest is puffed out and you're just absolutely building it. Oh my God, what a song that is. And all Wolverhampton Town's one of our favourites as well, actually. Sorry, but Fall of Ball, to get back to the point, Fall of Ball is... Um... But that, that leads into the point that you were saying there. So you picked Fall of Ball, and the other two you mentioned, both your Vibrox, Wolverhampton Town. Pretty traditional songs, pretty old school. Um, but that's when you mentioned about the back catalogue, the Rangers songs... All, all the best ones that do either they've been here all the way through or they dip in and out so the old ones like what your gran says the old ones are the best and we really do have i think the best range of songs are the are the old ones that have stood the test of time and fall fall it's just a bit amazing that it really does oh okay definitely i think um you go to wins as well that that, that famous one with that the the guy on the bus with the Rangers, singing in the blue, like that's a builder. Obviously, like I'm, I'm, I'm fully accepting that I'm not going to ever learn the words that one, but it, that gets me every time. Just makes me smile every time. One of those. See if you find that video, you're not switching off. <laughs> you need to watch all the way through. 
Right, and that's you, the next watch night out, mate. <laughs> <laughs> so, the penultimate question, Graham. If you could relive one Rangers match, moment, or day in your lifetime, what would it be? Again, it's so hard. If anyone actually thinks of this question, you'll have a million things popping into your head. Um, I think my first Champions League game at Ibrox, uh, 2003, uh, Rangers v Stuttgart. What a game, what a game. The, um, Nelling and Lovenkrantz, we go 1-0 down, which happened again. I think it was when we played them in 2007, we go 1-0 down. It seems to be the thing when we play Stuttgart, we go behind the Ibrooks, come back 1-1. Um, but I got the ticket from one of our brothers' pals, he sat in the Copeland front. So I was also, like, he was pretty big to go. That was the, also the goal that all the, the, the goals went in. The subway that night after the game was, like, honestly, now people joke about bringing it off the tracks and all that. It was mental. Like, that was chaos. The bouncing and all that. The stadium bouncing that night. The atmosphere was incredible. Um, I think at the game as well, the Lovenkrans goal looked... And now, like, when you look back at that, I mean, it was a good goal. The keeper maybe could have done better, but at the time, I was like, what a, what a goal, by the way. It was incredible. Um, but I think just purely because it was my first taste of Champions League football at Ibrox as well. Um, yes, that's always a really happy memory. I know. I remember that. That was my first Champions League game as well, which is going, no hijack uh, your 10 questions. But going back, back to what I was saying earlier about they kind of come down for 2003-2004. That was probably a bit unfair because there's Rangers in the Champions League beating the fucking champions of Germany. Like, wow. Like, um, what a game that was. Going 1-0 one, one down and then, I mean, we did play well that night. We, we really did. It's one of these kind of forgotten games that nobody ever really talks about because it really led to nothing. But what, what a game. What, that was a terrific Rangers performance. It really was. Yeah, no, it was. It was brilliant. Um, 100% it was great. And it was just just those Champions League. I think I always said when we went down to the third division, I always thought look at winning 55 and all that was, was the pinnacle and that was the aim. But I always thought that standing in Ibrox and hearing the Champions League music again is the one thing that will really hit me. That's the one thing that will really get to me. Um, and I'm always like, Gerard talks about Ibrooks being rocking and during the Europa League games and all that. I'm just, I always think you have no idea. Like you don't know that it can, it can get, it can get notched up a level. Like it can. Um, he has no idea. I've got to say, it was so hard. There was a couple of moments. Can I just say one of the ones, whether it was going best goal or real or one Rangers moment, and purely because it, it's a goal that. I celebrated against a team that I didn't think I was capable of celebrating that hard against. It was Kenny Miller against Mirren, nine man at Hamden. That still right. goes down. Oh my God, like, that still is one of, that's easily top five for me, easily, because nine men, league cup, fi- cup final, nonsense. It was just ludicrous. Like, I love that moment, everything about that. It was nuts. That day was great. Do you know what I mean? You're scoring winning against the Mirren, you're jumping about like scored the last minute goal against Celtic to win the league. It was unbelievable. And that that game is everybody remembers it, right? But no because of the well, the football <laughs> it was a poor game and Rangers were they fucking great. But the roller coaster of emotion, see when we went down the nine men, it's it sank in with everybody that Jesus Christ, we're going to lose a cup final to St Mirren. And that, for me, that was the acceptance. When we went to the nine men, like, it's done. That's it done. I can't believe we're losing a cup final to St Mirren. And no disrespect to St Mirren, but we're fucking Rangers. And then for that, I go in, that's like for the lowest of the lows to the absolute, like, highest of the highs. I'm pretty sure, I can't say I know many St Mirren fans, but I'm almost certain none of them whoever or ever have forgiven Gus McPherson for chucking away a final against nine men. Like, uh, you, you, would be, you would be pretty bitter about that, to be fair. 
Ah, in no danger. 100%. <laughs> so, the final question, Graham. If you had the chance to go for a pint with one Rangers manager and one Rangers player, past or present, who would it be and why? I would be astounded, astounded if 98% of Rangers fans don't say Sir Walter and Ali McCoist. That's got to be, and obviously I've had a favourite, but obviously McCoist wasn't exactly my era, but then Andy Gorham's my favourite player of all time, and again that's because I'm a goalie, but I guess he's not exactly my era either, but McCoist for one, he's became... He's became more um, to so many Rangers fans who weren't even in his era as a player because of who he is now. Whether he's a pundit, he's a bloody good one at that. You know, he's a unbelievably top guy, a massive Rangers man. And then Walter Smith is just I'd, what I'd give to spend five minutes in the guy's company. Never mind going for a pint with him in Super Alley. Uh, I can't imagine a better pairing or a better couple of pints with it would just be so good um, so no that again that was an easy one there's plenty of other people I'd love to but if I have to pinpoint it it's those two it's really it's really hard to follow up with any questions further into why I mean <laughs> they they are like Walter Smith if there's a Rangers Mount Rushmore Walter Smith's up there and there's a, a very solid argument Alan McCoy's would be as well is one that like um, I'm a wee bit younger than you, so I don't see how to play either. And, but it's one of these things when if, if somebody asked me randomly name five Rangers strikers, he's there. I've never seen him play, but I know. I think of Rangers strikers, and it's, Alan McCoy is one of the first that you think of, and that's that's something that, I mean, that just confirms his legendary states. It really does. And people can talk about his managerialship all they want, right? But the 2011 season, going into 2012, um, the team were performing really well. We took an early lead into the title, and then I think things off the field didn't derail a bit. Um, Again, third division upwards, people talk about him, but that guy was more than the manager on the pitch. Like I don't think people probably, and I'm not saying I know I have inside info, but... I don't think people give enough credit that he was what held Rangers together. I don't. I honestly, genuinely, full on believe that I wouldn't be sitting here having celebrated fifty five if McCoy's hadn't been the manager during those few years. Like that guy was everything, absolutely everything. And some of the, some, when he grabbed the mic, I, I think it was after we won the second division at Ibrooks and he spoke to the crowd. I remember. Oh. I remember just standing there, tears in my eyes, honestly, like, it meant so much. The words come from his mouth meant so much to him. It meant so much to me. And I think people can look at him as a manager. That's fair enough. Don't look at him. Don't judge him. The guy is. Because for me, genuinely, there is no doubt in my mind. What we mentioned earlier about the lights are Thomas Buffel, for example, where things change in hindsight, but it's basically revisionism, and that can work two ways, where you start to glorify maybe a player, for example, as time goes on. But I think this works off the way with Ali McCoy, where I find now that time's passed by, and it wasn't. He, nobody's ever got to say he was the greatest football manager. Absolutely not, but as time passes by, people are starting to understand the role that he's played in, in saving our club, in the journey back, and just being, I don't know, like, I don't know if ambassadors are able, but just being a key figure in keeping Rangers together, as you mentioned, and I think people are starting to, for, for a couple of years, people were disregarding Ali as a player and the personality because of his managerial spell. Revisionism, now we're starting to separate that and we're taking emotion out of it and it's only fair that we do do that. I think it's, nobody will ever argue he was a great football manager but what we can do is confirm even more even more than we did in the early 2000s confirm his status as a 
is an absolute Rangers legend. There's a picture. There's a picture. I think it's actually always surfaces. There's a picture of him as our manager when we when we score against Celtic to win three to Ibrooks twenty twelve. Now by that point, the league was over. Right? There's that picture. See the look in his face. Like that tells you everything you need to know about what that man feels about our football club. Yeah. Or what just everything. You you said there the league was over, but that reaction personified the feeling that every Rangers fan in this in God's fucking green earth felt that day. And that that means something. He absolutely captured that emotion that everyone else were feeling. It was a nothing game, but at the same time it meant everything that game. Totally, absolutely. So that'd be a cracking night out. Wallace Smith and the guys. Where would you take them? A local pub or up that sucky hole street? I think I'm go- I- I've got it. Uh, I feel like I would have to find Dime Wallace Smith. I can't be dating him to any old place. I think that'd be a nice. Need- I'd really need to do my research, find out what I like, treat him nice. McCoy's, I'm sure, would just kind of go wherever. I'm sure he'd be happy wherever, but it'd have to be circled around what Sir Walter likes, what he wants. We'll go for there. Uh, maybe go for dinner with Walter and Ali, then Walter goes home, you and Ali go up the garage and take him for a kebab. After that sounds good. That sounds good. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Graham, that's the end of the 10 questions, man. Um, how was it all in all? Try to find an answer for each of the questions. I think... Uh, it's always hard to separate ones because so many come to your mind. I think the hardest one was probably that unsung hero purely because my blinding, my my blind loyalty to those <laughs> players that play for a club. But um, yeah, it was it was nice thinking about a lot of the memories. I'll be honest, thinking through some of the favourite goals, best goals I've seen, best away days, all that. Um, no, it was good. I really enjoyed it. Thank you. No, it's been an absolute pleasure listening to you. And as I said, like most of your uh, most of your working days are spent talking about Rangers. And that this was, uh, I feel like I should be getting paid for this. This is what I do. Ninety-five. Uh, just listening to you, well, both of you talk about Rangers and experiences, opinions, and uh, I fucking love it. But thank you so much for coming on, sharing your sharing your tale, mate. Anytime. And thank you. For everyone that was listening, if you'd like to come on, talk about your time following Rangers, obviously get in touch with the Gallant Few on YouTube, Facebook, Instagram or Twitter. We'd love to hear the stories that you've all got there. Thank you very much for listening and take care.